We had last week the one and only Jaden Hall. He began our series, which we're introducing by name now. And the name of this series right now that we are in the middle of is Potted to Planted. Everyone say Potted to Planted. Well, it's coming up soon, I think. Um, and so Potted to Planted. Jaden kicked it off last week and Jess really spoke about it during the service how us as a church, we're invited to implement a rhythm in our life that can help us to be planted, not just potted, in the house of God. Um, In Psalms 92, verses 12 to 14, this is what it says. It says, The godly will flourish like a palm tree's and grow strong in the cedars of of Lebanon. That is the name of the message tonight. There you go. You got that early. Um, But the godly will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. For they are transplanted from pots and they are planted in the Lord's own house. They flourish in the courts of our God. Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and they will remain vital and green. And so last week, Jaden spoke about, I'm adding a few words on, he spoke about the, the journey where we can be either potted in a church or we can be planted in a church. I don't know if you've ever had a garden where you have some of the plants are planted right into the soil, and then you have other plants that are positioned in the garden, but they're just potted. They still remain in the pot. Um, we've had plants before, or when I've grown up, mum had a lot of uh, potted plants, and the, the tree or the plant can be limited when it remains in the pot. The, the roots, have you ever, ever taken those plants out of the pot, and the roots are just... The, the pot is so full of roots. It's like the, the roots, the tree is just trying to break out of the pot. But when you take that out of the pot and you put it into the garden and you plant it, then it can really grow. Then it can really flourish because then the roots are free to go deep down into the soil, withdraw the nutrients in the soil that are able to draw out the water from deep underneath the ground. And sometimes this is a bit of a picture of, of us when it comes to church. Um, I've definitely been a potted plant, a potted person. Um, where although I might be in the building, really, I'm still potted, I'm still mobile. Um, And that's appropriate, um, depending on what stage you are at in your journey. Um, It's very appropriate for some plants to start in a pot. Um, But there comes a time where it starts to become a little bit awkward. Um, And there comes a time when you take the plant out of the pot and you plant it in the garden so it can really flourish. And this is the invitation of God. God says and invites us, if we really want to flourish in life, if you want to flourish in our faith, then we're invited to make a decision that begins in the heart and goes, God, I want to be no longer potted, be in the garden, yet not part of the fabric of the garden, and I want to take myself, and Lord, I want to be planted in this place where I can begin to benefit from the soil of this place and the nutrients of this place and experience the benefits of what this atmosphere or this soil is like in my life and faith. And so um, there were some ways that Jaden mentioned, very practically, ways that we can be planted in Everlife. Obviously, it begins with the heart, and, and there's no rush or there's no pressure. It's simply an invitation to flourish in our life. But, but a way that we can get planted here at Everlife Church is to adopt a rhythm. Just like Jess said, it was a rhythm that we've titled Temple to Table, the Temple to Table Rhythm. And it's from Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And it says this, it says, and this is the picture of the early church, by the way. The early church, the first church, was actually a church of 3,000 people in one day. And then a few weeks later, a month later, or something like that, then it, it, it 
blossomed to be about 5,000 people. And so the question is, well, how do they pastorally care for three to 5,000 people? How do they disciple three to 5,000 people? And it's because they adopted, if you like, this rhythm of temple to table. And it says, it says they worship together at the temple each day. And then they met in homes for the Lord's Supper around the table, if you like. And they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So here we go. We see this rhythm where they all gathered together at the temple. If you like, they all gathered together at Sunday at 4 p.m. at Everlife Church in this beautiful new building with lots of space for kids. Thank God for the space that we have and the kids' workers. Let me tell you, if you want to start to get planted, hint, hint, kids is a phenomenal place. It's a great place for parents just to, to do it with their kids. You can even iron your kids at the same time. Maybe you want to escape your kids. I don't know. But, um, but on Sundays, we can worship together. Man, how good was the worship tonight? You know, worship is just so good to remind us, oh yeah, God. Oh, thank you, God. You know, worship, to put it simply, is our Wow, to God, expressed in words that we can sing together. When we come together, we hear the prophetic word of the word of God that God wants to speak to us as a body, as a family together. We, we all draw from that same source and, and we see what God is doing corporately through us and in us as a family. We get to serve one another. We get to build these interconnect. Our roots get to be entwined with one another as we come together at the temple, which is a fancy way of saying church. Um, and then Thursday nights, which is, is, is our night that we set aside to gather around the table. And so what we do is, like Jess said, in all different places across Perth, we have tables that are designated for you to sit around. There's spare seats for you to come. Maybe some of them are, cha- are, are couches around the coffee table. Um, but there's some nice tables around. I've seen, who was it? We at someone's place the other day. Phenomenal, beautiful wooden tables stretched out. You know those extendable tables? We like to have extendable tables at Everlife and create room for people. We like to say, we just like to prepare a table for you, extend the tables to give more people room. And so Sundays is for us to gather together corporately, but Thursday nights is a great opportunity for us to build trust, to build relationships, to allow our roots to go down. And when we begin to build trust, when we begin to get vulnerable with each other, then we can find that place to belong. We can begin to share intimate details of our lives with one another in an in increasing measure where we pray for one another and truly we're able to grow as we get real with each other. And, you know, this is such, uh, is such a God-given atmosphere for us to grow and flourish in life. For me, um, it's not how much I know, but how much I actually obey. It's not how much I know of the Word. It's how much do I put it into practice in my life. And having other people around me that share the weaknesses I have, the temptations I've had that can pray for me and support me as I can pray for them, then we can grow so much stronger together rather than on our own. So much pastoral care can happen. You know, the old school church model is for one, uh, for one pastor to pastorally care for everyone. But that's like the secret sauce for burnout And it's not effective for a growing, thriving, flourishing church. But the Bible says, actually, um, love one another, care for one another, serve one another in love. And so that's what we see is our job is to create the space, the framework for everyone here to minister to one another. And there's no superheroes in this church. There's only one superhero and his name is Jesus. And he loves to work within us as we serve one another at dinner parties. And so the encouragement or the invitation is to, is to build a rhythm into your life. 
See, all of us, life is full of rhythms and habits. And our heartbeat right now is a rhythm. Hopefully, it's in time. If it's not, then uh, maybe you should go somewhere else or get prayer at a hospital or something. But, you know, there's a rhythm in every area of life. There's a rhythm with the waves as they come in and out, as the tides come in and out as well, as the sun comes up and down. There's seven days a week. There's rhythms in our life. And one rhythm that we can adopt that will cause you and I to flourish in our faith and flourish in life and help us to get planted is the temple-to-table rhythm here in this soil, in this culture right now. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another. In other translations, it's a little bit more hardcore. It says to spur one another on. It's like the spur that you have a horse rider or a jockey would kick into the side of a horse. I imagine it's not that pleasant. And it, but it's a spur. It motivates that horse to keep on running And this is a much kinder way to say, let us think of ways to motivate one another, to spur one another on to acts of love and good works. Who knows that we need a spur in our side every now and then? I know I definitely need a spur in my side every now and then, and my wife is phenomenal at that. (laughs) She's good. We want to spur one another on. We all need it, don't we? How good is it when we can come together and be spurred and be encouraged and uplifted to keep on going when we want to lower our heads? Come on, lift your head tonight and it says let us not neglect it's very easy to neglect there's a whole lot of very good priorities that can rise to the surface let us not neglect let us not be familiar with let's not be dismissive of but let us not neglect our meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encourage one another give each other courage especially now that the day of his return is drawing near now, the purpose of us gathering together at the temple, the purpose of us gathering together around the table is we live in discouraging times. It's no different to 2,000 years ago. We can all get courage. We can all have the world coming in and infiltrating our hearts and our souls. We can get heavy, full of despair, not hope, depressed. Just, but what we need, we need courage. And the key to courage isn't to withdraw into isolation, but it's to gather together around the temple, in the temple, and around the table. And I'm not only just talking about dinner parties, but also when we gather together, two or three or more are gathered together in Jesus' name. The purpose of gathering together is to be motivated, all the more as time goes on. You know, there's a loneliness epidemic right now in Australia, before even COVID, that's probably got worse. And um, some people did some research on the effects of loneliness on people's physical health. And, you know, loneliness is just as harmful to your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And so if you smoke, then you can counter the effect by gathering with people. And, no, you don't want to – you can neutralize the effect. That's not what we're doing. Um, And so it says, but don't neglect the habit. In other words, the, the positive way of saying it is to intentionally build a habit in your life. You know, habits are really hard, hard to begin but once you build the habit, just ask Dave. He's our gym junkie at the back there. You should, just, you should just take note. Take notes from the 180 Dave. He's built this habit in his life. And no matter what the weather, he is at the gym working on those pecs, working on those abs. I'm just, just embarrassing him now. Whew, mamma mia. You know, and, and, but the habit bears great fruit. And let me tell you, when you intention, there's always good reasons not to. Always good reasons not to. The weather's bad. I had a late night last night. 
But you know what? It's to intentionally build habits, good habits in our life. God has made us creatures of a habit. And it takes time. It takes intentionality. There might be even good things that need to cut out of your life. But if you want to flourish in life, let me tell you, it is worth it. It is worth it. Um, and then just as a side note, Jaden mentioned, I'm just preaching Jaden's message all over again. Um, but as a side note, if you wanted to also turbocharge your getting planted, add some fertilizer on. A little tip that he had was to get serving as well, just to help out, just to, just to give a hand. You know, it might require you being on roster for regularity so people can plan. It might be, mean jumping on the kids' team or the production or the worship. You know, for me, I'm naturally quite a lazy person. Uh, my default is kind of all or nothing, and I'll, I'll default to nothing sometimes. You know, serving for me helped me to do what I wanted to do but was too lazy to do. If I made a commitment and I had to be there, I'm like, oh, I guess I've got to be there. It's like I wanted to get planted, but serving helped me stay accountable to it. So if it's not up to me on the day, I'll be like, oh, I don't feel like it today. <laughs> oh, geez, it's just too hard. And so serving is a good way also to, to help to also add connection, increased connection there as well. It's a great way to get connected, especially if you're, like you're working on a Thursday night. I know we only have one night, I'm sorry, but especially if you're working, it's another great way to get connected. And I tell you what, if you simply adopt this rhythm, we've seen lives transformed and changed simply as people have adopted this rhythm into their life. It, it sounds simple, but I'm, I'm deadly serious. It will help you to flourish in your life if you've made that choice. And so, the beginning of my message tonight <laughs> is, you'll be like, we're not coming over that next week. We're not coming over this week. All right, this, it's a short one tonight. Don't worry. Um, so the title of my message tonight around this whole idea of getting planted and flourishing in life is, if we go back to the slide a few slides ago, it's chasing strangers. You're like, whoa, okay, woo. Okay, someone got excited. <laughs> Chasing strangers. I wanted you to talk to you tonight about chasing strangers. And it's very simple. In Romans chapter 12, verse 13, I'll explain it in a second. Don't worry. Um, It says this. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. And I love it. It says, always be eager to show hospitality. Always be eager to show hospitality. In the NIV version, it makes it very simple. It says, practice hospitality. Everyone say, practice hospitality. Hospitality. So what has Chasing Strangers got to do with it? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Um, Well, hospitality is such a key theme all throughout Scripture. All throughout the beginning of time, God has always been about hospitality. This one word, hospitality, I'll tell you, has been key to building this church because it reflects the heart of a generous God. You know, God is so generous to you and I. He's so hospitable towards us. And it's the key for us to continue to flourish as a church. You know, Jess and I, we built this church and this church has continued to flourish because of that one, or those two words, is practice hospitality. So what has it got to do with chasing strangers? Well, it's, it's a play on the two words. See, the first word, which means hospitality, comes from the Greek word philonexia. Philonexia. I think that's how you might pronounce it. Um, and it comes from a combination of two words, from philos, which means friend, and xenos, not xenex, but xenos, a stranger. So friendly to strangers. And, and so according to Help's word studies, 
These, this word hospitality means warmth and friendliness shown to strangers. The readiness to share hospitality, generosity by entertaining in one's home. That's what the Greek word hospitality literally means, is showing kindness, opening up your home to strangers. And diako, however you spell the name, in other, in other words, that word practice, it literally means to, like, to hunt, to pursue. It means to aggressively chase like a hunter pursuing a catch or a prize. Stalker, being a stalker. Earnestly, no, yeah, thank you, Flick. Earnestly desiring to overtake and apprehend. Are you like that on the freeway? Where you like got the cruise control? You're like, yeah, we're catching up, we're catching up. Yeah, we passed them. <laughs> so literally, practicing hospitality means, and there's a play in the words, chasing strangers. I would love us to be a church, and I believe we already are, and a people, full of people who are committed to chasing strangers, showing the heart and the love of God to people. Because the truth is that God has been chasing strangers since the beginning of time. God has been chasing us since the beginning of time. This is the very heart of God. In Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13, it says this, it says, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. He's caught up to you. Once you were far from God, once we were far from God, you know, once we were far from God, cut off from God's presence, because since the beginning of time when Adam and Eve, by the way, I've got a new couple in our church tonight, Adam and Evie, very good to have you guys along tonight. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Please forget that. Like, we're not going back there. Um, <laughs> but since the beginning of, of time, Adam and Eve said, no, God, we're doing life our own way. And that put up a barrier between them and God. Although they were physically alive, they were spiritually cut off from relationship from their creator. They became, if you like, strangers, distant from God, separated from their rejection of God. But since that time, even before the beginning of time, God began to have a plan of how he was going to hunt us down, chase strangers and bring us back into his home. He had a plan all along, and that was to bring us who are far from God back to himself through Jesus. And so it goes on to say, once you were far from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Thank you, God. He has brought us close. You know, this gap between us and God is unattainable. We can never, ever cross. The sea is far too wide for us to ever traverse or make our way across the sea to God. Our sin is too great. The only way that God could bridge that barrier was by sending his son, his one and only son, to cross the divide, to cross the sea. He, he came from heaven down to earth. And we love it in John 3.16, a very famous verse. It says, For God so loved you and I. He wanted to hunt you and I down. He pursued us like a, like a lover pursuing like his, his, his bride or his wife. For God so loved the world that he pursued, that he gave his one and only son. He was generous. He gave the most valuable thing he could ever have. That whoever, whoever believes in him, it doesn't matter who you are, Whoever believes in him simply trusts in what he has accomplished on our behalf on the cross. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not be eternally separated from him in in, in a place called hell. Be separated from him. Hell is to be without the presence of God, but heaven is to be in the presence of God with God. And this is the love of God for you and I, that he's chased down strangers 
And no longer, Jesus said, are we called strangers or servants or slaves, but we are called now friends. We're called friends of God because God showed hospitality. God showed hospitality to us, to strangers. And this is what hospitality is about all through the Bible. It's about, it's about us representing the heart of God to chase down strangers, to bring them ultimately to encounter and to know the love of God. You know, it's all throughout the Bible. We can see in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, just a few quick verses to go through. The encouragement is to cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Cheerfully share. Be gentle, let it come from the overflow. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. It says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. As we're hospitable, who, who knows what kind of person we're touching? Who knows what kind of person we're reaching, whether or not that person has been an angel. I don't know if you've ever entertained an angel. I'm not sure if I have. Actually, I live with, with an angel. Um, I, uh, Jess is just shaking her head. Um, in fact, do you know what? Hospitality is actually qualification. You need to be hospitable if you want to be a pastor or a leader in the church. I'll prove it to you. 1 Timothy 3.2. It says, A church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control. Getting there? Um, in terms of like food, McDonald's, amen. Um, he must live wisely and have a good reputation, hopefully. He must enjoy having guests in his home and must be able to teach. See that? Just slipped in right in there. A qualification to be a leader in the church is to be hospitable, is to open up your home, to, to open up a heart, really, to invite people in to experience and encounter the love of God. Um, you know, for Jess and I, when we began this, this whole journey of starting this church, you know, we moved across the Nullarbor from Melbourne um, in middle of 2018, the year of the Eagle, the Eagles Premiership, the first since 2006, thank you God, maybe 2021 will be another one as well. But, um, but we moved across middle of 2018 with just my wife and I and our three kids and, and we came to start a church. Yay. Woo. With who? Well, there's no one. And so what we began to do is to chase strangers. (laughs) We began hunting strangers in the most kind, gentle way possible. Um, And so we just began inviting people to our home just to build relationships. You know, God works through relationships. He works through people. He works through connection. And then and a part of what we did is we just began to say, God, what are you, would, you, would you knit our hearts with people that you're calling to start this new work, this new expression of what you want to do at such a time as this? And so there's actually one three-week period where we had 15 out of 21 nights, we had people over our house for dinner. And we literally be having strangers walk into our house for the first time, opening the door, Oh, hi! <laughs> Welcome to our house. And one of those strangers was Flick and Jake. Um, and I remember they made the mistake of showing interest to an event um, on Facebook. So we're doing this whole barbecue thing. And, and anyone that even showed interest in that event, I'll be like requesting their friendship and getting in touch with them. And so instantly I started to chase these strangers we started to hunt is probably more an apt word. And so I got into touch with them and said, hey, guys, how you going? They're like, good. Um, do you want to come to our house for dinner? <laughs> okay, <laughs> why not? And so they came to our house. And let me tell you, it was in that place that 
it was such a phenomenal time. And there's been many, many other couples and peoples that have also been uh, victims as well. Um, <laughs> but, but honestly, it was just such a beautiful time that we had together. Because it's in that place of hospitality. You know, opening up your home really is a physical way of opening up your heart. It, what being hospitable means is to create a safe place. Being hospitable gives someone a place to belong. It gives people an opportunity to be vulnerable, to over time to let down the walls and to be real with each other. And so hospitality, being hospitable, can create also a place of healing. You know, hundreds of years ago, hospitality and the word hospital came from the same word. And we we literally can be portable hospitals creating atmospheres where people can come and receive healing and encounter the presence of God. You know, there's, there's so many conversations we've had with people and I've also been able to receive a level of healing in my life as I've found myself at, at t- the table with couples that I've grown to love and trust and be real and vulnerable with that have then taken the time to pray, to encourage, to listen, that I can just get all, it all out. You know, in the atmosphere, it can be such a healing time and so we're able to spend time with with Flick and Jake who've been through quite a a challenging time themselves and even that night just the presence of God uh, began to minister and uh, to them as well and now you know they're such a key part of our church and we can say that um, around about so many other couples and individuals that have also um, been in our home around our table just like I've benefited from that from other people's time um, from other people's hospitality towards me as well and there's a beautiful verse in 1 John chapter 4 verse 12 Just a couple minutes left. 1 John chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, No one has ever seen God, like seen with our eyes. But I want you to think about it as in whether people can see God with also their spiritual eyes of faith, the eyes of the heart. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, if we love each other, if we serve one another, if we chase strangers, if we show hospitality, if we open up our homes and our hearts to people, no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. You know, no one might have seen God with their eyes. People may not have come to the place where they go, yes, God, I want to I trust in you. I want to give my life to you, Jesus. They might not be quite ready to encounter God in that personal, intimate way, but everyone can encounter the reality of the love of God as we express his love to people around us. Now, people might not even be looking for God, but as they come into your orbit, as they come into your atmosphere, they begin to taste and experience for real, like literally like God with skin on through you and I. Imperfect as we are, God with skin on can minister to people, can bring healing into their lives as we open up our hearts and our houses to people around us. It can be an amazing healing thing where people can encounter the reality of God. You know, there's been times where we've had dinners with people and at the end of that we've also spent time just to pray for people. I tell you what, as you just create that space, it's like just pushing aside time, the busiest of life, giving people that safe place to pray for people and to minister to them as well. And so what I want to do is just end with four really quick practical ways as us as a church that will take five minutes Four practical ways for us at church in how we can be chasing strangers. Are you ready? 
You might want to get your notes out for this one. In fact, you definitely do because it's going to blow you away. Um, The first key is this, rock up. Rock up. The first key to be hospitable here at Everlife, and now I'm specifically talking about Sundays, but you can also apply it to your home as well. First is to rock up. Now, the encouragement is to build a habit, a habit in, in our life. You know that just by being here right now, by rocking up, you are actually being hospitable. I know that many of you were friendly and welcoming to other people tonight as they came, came in. But if you just simply rock up, if you just simply turn up, then you are being hospitable. Imagine if you went home and your guests rocked up. It'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Invite someone over to dinner, you know, drop around any time, and they go to knock on the door. It's like, no one's home. Ding, ding. No one answered the door. It's like, actually, we, we need to be present. We need to be actually here. A part of us creating a hospitable environment for people to come and encounter the reality of God. Let me tell you, you can change someone's life by just rocking up to church. Uh-huh. But, you know, I don't want it to be a pew warmer. I'm like, no, please, warm the pew. Um, come along, warm that seat, fill that seat. You know, warm the church with your love, with you just being here. Everyone say, rock up. And anyone can rock up. Anyone can rock up. Okay, we got that. First, rock up. The second tip is look up. Everyone say rock up. And now say look up. Oh, look at the roof. Um, Look up. You know what? Don't just make it about you. Don't make it just about you and your friends. Okay, it's great. We can see our friends. But actually, look up. Oh. There's someone over there that I haven't spoken to. There's someone there I don't know. Oh, maybe even sideways. There's someone said, hello, how you going? Let's be looking up as well. Seeing people that have come for the first time. Maybe people have come up. You know, part of looking up is remembering people's names and being familiar. I know that you all, all know this, but we just all need to hear it every now and then. You know, you can change someone's life by rocking up and simply by looking up. And I thank God that we are, I believe. Um, a church of people that rock up and people that look up as well. Um, the third of the four is to hook up. Everyone say hook up. You're like, hook up, awkward. Don't worry, I'm not talking about that, that kind of hook up. I'm talking about, you know, when we come and we rock up, when we begin to look up, one of those powerful and most hospitable things that you can do is to hook someone up and introduce them to someone else. It's to make another connection. If you think about the root system, a root system, especially like with, with grass, for example, is all interconnected. The strength sometimes of these plants isn't how strong one blade is of grass, but how interconnected it is. And the more interconnected the grass is, the more it, it can be tough and robust. And, you know, a part of us being hospitable to people for the first time is, well, you might not click with me as much, and that's fine. It's, okay. it's good to click with certain people and not with others. It's, it's good. We're, we're all secure. We're okay. There's some people that get along better with me than others. Um, we love everyone, but some people are like, just click with us. Hallelujah. AFL fans, I'll click with you. We can do that. Um, but, you know, some people, but you know what we can all do? We can all go, oh, gee, I reckon you would love to meet this person. Drag them along <laughs> and introduce them. Spend some time there, and then you can leave them. You know, let's always be looking to hook people up with each other as well. And it can also extend to beyond this time as well, introducing people on Facebook even and etc. Commenting, tagging people in as well. Rock up, look up, 
hook up, and then lastly, meet up. Everyone say, meet up. Meet up. We need an ample level of meat being eaten in this place, in Jesus' name. Sorry, vegetarians. No, I'm talking about M-double-E-T, meet up. You know, we can, we can rock up, we can look up, we can hook up, but what we can also do is meet up. And I'm not just talking about dinner parties, although that's so important, but let me tell you, you can change someone's life simply by meeting up with them during the week. Hey, why don't I grab your number? Why don't I give you a call? Why don't we hang out to have coffee sometime? Come to our place for dinner. Be hospitable, not just in your home, but shouting someone a coffee, shouting someone a meal or something like that. It can change someone's life. Meet up, invite them to your dinner party. It's really, really, really simple stuff. But let me tell you, it, it is simple because the gospel is simple. And God is a God of love. He's a God of mercy. And what He longs for is that we will be people that almost on the verge of embarrassingly chase strangers. I've literally actually chased people out into the car park before. Slightly embarrassing, I know. But you know what? It's, it's just the heart of God. I just, don't, I, I just don't want people to miss an opportunity to, to encounter the love of God, the, the, his, the hospitality of God in this place. And, and I would love it if we are a church, and I believe we are, but the reason we want to speak into this, we don't want to leave it to chance, that we can be, we can be full of people that, that, that share this conviction with God. We want to give people the opportunity to know and encounter the love of God for themselves so that when you bring your friends, they can be lovingly welcomed and given a place to belong here at Everlife. Everyone has a place to belong. There's a few empty chairs. That's their place. You can invite them to come along. So why don't we just all stand up together tonight. I'm just going to pray for all of us. Why don't we just, in our hearts right now, why don't we just close our eyes together? Why don't we just choose to simply align our hearts with the heart of God? You know, God doesn't ask you to have a beautiful house. He doesn't ask you to have a mansion. He doesn't ask you to be rich or wealthy. But you don't need to have a house, a big mansion, or a lot of money to be hospitable. All you need to do is just bring, just be who you are. Be who you are with what you have. There was the boy with the five loaves and the two fish. He just gave what he, what he had. You know, Jess and I, we had a really small unit in Melbourne, three stories up. And uh, we, we made a commitment in our hearts. God expanded our capacity to be hospitable as we set apart every Friday night. We just knew that we were going to invite people over for dinner. That's what we did in our little unit. It was slightly embarrassing, but we had to just get over ourselves. Because what they did, although some of these people would come and they would live in mansions, they would come and they'd encounter God's love, even in that small, little, tiny unit, three stories up. <laughs> And you know what God says tonight? He says, just, just would you, would the invitation, the desire of God says, would you align your heart with mine? Would you share me on this journey of chasing strangers? Because God loves your friends. He loves people in your life. He hasn't given up on them. He never gives up on them. But he's chasing them by his spirit. And he longs for us to align our hearts with his heart. And so God, tonight, maybe you want to lift your hands to God and surrender to him to go, God, yes, Lord, I surrender to you. Would you come? Would you fill us? Tonight, Lord God, right now, Lord, we say yes to you. We choose to align our hearts with your heart, Lord God, that wants to chase strangers and bring them close to you through Jesus. We say yes to you. 
as individuals, Lord, as a church, Lord God, that we want to be hospitable people, Lord God, sharing your heart. And I thank you, God, for every single person as they begin their chasing strangers journey, Lord, as they take the small incremental steps, Lord, I thank you for a supernatural increase of capacity, Lord, as people begin to move, Lord God, that your spirit will flow through them, Lord, and they'll look back and they'll see the mighty hand of God pursuing people ever so intentionally, yet gently and purposefully, Lord, through us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you brought us close to yourself through Jesus. Thank you, God.